Hey, it's Rob here. This week we're doing something a little different. Following last week's episode with Justin Beck of the Ditsy Comic Podcast, we're letting Ditsy Comic Podcast take over Crooked Table this week. So please enjoy an episode in which I guested on the Ditsy Comic Podcast and had an absolute blast hanging out with Justin and letting things go completely off the rails. Here's the latest episode of the Ditsy Comic Podcast featuring yours truly. Enjoy. Oh my God, we're going off the road. Here, let me take the wheel. I've got this. You are listening to the Ditsy Comic, Ditsy Comic, Ditsy Comic Podcast. Ditsy Comic, Ditsy Comic, Ditsy Comic Podcast. Ditsy Comic Podcast. Ditsy Comic Podcast. You are listening to the Ditsy Comic Podcast. This is the Ditsy Comic. Justin Beck here today with my lovely PR assistant, Emma. And also the oh-so-wonderful journalist dash movie critic robert yen is how are you today sir good justin happy to be here i feel like i just got done talking to you the other day weird isn't that crazy yeah it's something about i don't know maybe being on your podcast yeah it could be could be people will have to go check the cookie table podcast feed i guess for that is it up yet not yet but by by the time you post this it might be well we're gonna actually talk about your podcast today we're gonna talk about some other stuff including your love for movies your hatred for movies. And it's funny because you actually do something now that I used to do when I was a teenager. Really? What's that? I used to actually review movies when I was a teenager. I uh, had a nice little site and everything to myself. And I would go and rate these movies based off of certain criteria for each movie. And then, you know, just kind of go from there and give every score or every movie a good score or a bad score. And most movies usually don't make a B rating. Just say that. Yeah, it's it's very hit and miss. It kind of depends. I, you hear all the time people talking about, oh, they don't make good movies anymore but i feel like a lot of times it's the big movies that uh maybe don't quite live up to expectations so you have to find a lot of the smaller ones i think to get some of those uh hidden gems well before we get started on your weird love of movies i would like to know about your podcast great so uh the crooked table podcast uh, is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you can find pod- podcasts. And I've had it on and off for several years. But l- last December, I revamped the concept rather than just covering new releases week to week. We have a different guest on every episode and we talk about a movie that usually that's the of their choice. So it's either something they grew up with or something that they that a film that they're really passionate about. So we're really trying to live up to our slogan which is the world of film from a fresh angle by bringing on uh, new voices and and I always say at the beginning of every episode democratizing the film criticism conversation I feel like lately especially online anytime you know the, any there's any bit of entertainment news it's ripped apart and a lot of negativity and things like that so on the Crooked Table podcast I really try and focus on, on the positive and celebrating people's love of, of movies and the fact that everybody sees something different with every film so someone will bring a, a film to my attention I just recorded an episode on The Station Agent from 2003 with uh, a really small movie of cost 500,000 starring Peter Dinklage that I had never seen before. Uh, and, you know, you, you were able to, with that premise, co- cover everything from uh, we, my brother and I did an episode on The Matrix to the movies like The Station Agent or a foreign film like Shoplifters uh, or a classic like Some Like It Hot. So we're able to, to week to week kind of uh, shake things up and keep the 
keep the show feeling fresh every week rather than covering the same movies that everyone else is. Uh, that's, you know, the new releases and such. So that's what I've been doing with that. And it's been a great opportunity to for me to expose myself to more movies, to connect with other like-minded podcasters or bloggers or uh, or what have you, just film fans in general. And it's, it's, it's become a really fun uh, community for cinephiles. So how did you come up with the name of the Crooked Table podcast? So that's a funny story. I was actually at a Starbucks I'm a writer, so I'm always at Starbucks <laughs> with a friend of mine several years ago. This is maybe like, I don't know, a decade ago, 2006, seven, something like that. Uh, and we were brainstorming a novel that we were going to write together. And the table there was kind of rickety, you know, how those metal tables outside kind of. So I was in uh, soaking up inspiration mode. So anything that I thought sounded interesting, I would jot down. So I was like, huh, crooked table. There you go. Maybe that'll be something. And initially, I actually used that name for um, for a blog that I had just for writers. I was going to com- create a network, a community of writers because we, you know, we see the world a little differently. So everything's kind of crooked. And, and that has kind of evolved over time to really focus in on my love of movies because I, I had written for ScreenRant.com, I written for WeGotDiscovered.com and it's a bunch of different sites. So that's kind of been my niche. I've been a film uh, film fan since forever. And I obviously do, did movie, you know, movie reviews starting in college and beyond. So uh, it developed into more of that kind of thing. So that that the you know the crooked kind of uh, alludes to seeing things from a different perspective. The table part of it is kind of now in this current iteration, kind of almost alluding to like a round table, like a, a discussion. So I, that's part of why I like the current premise is because it is it does you know lead itself lend itself to one on one conversations that feel a little bit intimate, and then I, I just bring new guests to the table every week. So uh, so that's kind of how it's evolved over time. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that in the episode that I just did with you, I was a little bit boring. I forgot to go. <laughs> watch the movie again so my mind wasn't as fresh as it will be maybe next time I go on the show there you go and I'm and when I go on next time I'm gonna pull it out completely different I'm gonna go like off the ropes like we're gonna go like ancient movies there you go any you have in mind that you're trying to mull over for next time I don't know maybe a movie like Citizen Kane or something like that there you go classic that's actually the first movie that I ever reviewed just so you know really was it when it came out initially or was it <laughs> I don't think I was born when it came out. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that was like 1940 something. I think it was like 1952. Something like that, yeah. I know it was black and white, which is kind of how I am. You know, I'm black and white. Yeah, changing on a dime. That's, yeah, that sounds about right. Sometimes you pull the cord, you see black, sometimes you see white, and then sometimes I'm just dark and scare you. No shades of gray. It's just one absolute or the other. Now, you are known for movie reviews on places like Screen Rant, Rotten Tomatoes, The Cheat Sheet, Metacritic, and everything. But how did you originally get in all those awesome places? Um, well, I actually, my first published movie review was in 2003. It was for the uh, University of South Florida student newspaper. And it was from the movie 13, uh, directed by Catherine Hardwick. It starred uh, Evan Rachel Wood. And that, I just kind of started there. Um, I, you know, I had been huge into movies my whole life. I was really obsessed with film as a kid. Uh, And then from there, I started writing for that paper. And then I think just became a fan of Screen Rant initially. That was my first website where I I was really getting things published other than on the Oracle site. And I think I was listening to their podcast and following them them regularly. And this was before they were as big as they are now. They've grown a lot over the last, uh, what was it, seven years ago or or whenever that I initially wrote for them. So I just tweeted to the, uh, I tweeted the Screen Rant Twitter account, which at at the time was held by, was run by the former owner of the site. And I was just like, man, it would be really cool to, to write for at Screen 
screen rant or whatever. And he tweeted me back and it's like, he'd send me a message, DM me, and we'll, we'll see what we can do. And so that's how I started writing for, for screen rant. It was, you know, people all the time like, say that social media sometimes, oh, that's a waste of time, Twitter, Facebook, you know, things like that. You're not going to get anything out of it. But actually, that's kind of how I got my initial my start in, uh, you know, online film criticism. And then from there, I just I, I gained some experience with them. And I was doing that while I had a, you know, while I had full time job, just like on the side and uh, at night and doing during breaks, things like that, just getting getting some clips. And I, I it's, um, it's really kind of opened up a lot of possibilities for me after that. So um, that was really how I got my start just through pure happenstance uh, on social media. Well, weren't you technically a journalist before that? I was a journalist. Uh, I wrote for the Tampa Bay Business Journal. I was uh, an intern there for several months and then uh, a position opened up. So I became editorial assistant doing local business news uh, and features. But it wasn't really uh, my only real entertainment experience had come from college. I was a section editor for the montage section in, uh, at the Oracle and at USF. So I was you know, editing a lot of other people's articles and, and doing layout every week and things like that. So that that helped me kind of get my foot in the door. But uh, but Screen Rant was really the progenitor of everything that followed. We got this covered in Sheet Sheet and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's really how I that's really I really credit uh, Vic Holterman, the former owner of the site, for giving me a chance and letting me write for them initially. OK, so what is the best movie of all time to you? My favorite movie is, I have two. One of them is Jerry Maguire, which I don't know why. I just, maybe his, uh, his crisis of conscience I really I really relate to and uh, the performances are great but I also one of my my other answer that I say a lot is The Matrix which when I went to my brother for the 100th episode of the podcast as I said I've had it many years so that was a slow and steady process to get there he wanted to talk about The Matrix because it's his favorite movie as well but the reason that I always say The Matrix is my favorite movie is because that was one of the ones that really uh, helped me gain a deeper appreciation for cinema before that I was just you know a kid watching Batman movies and like action films and silly comedies just I just found it as like fun and escapism and when I saw The Matrix and then rewatched it a million times and read into like the uh, mythology and the philosophy and religion and all the the influences and everything baked into the story it really helped open up my mind to oh well there's like a real art behind this. I hadn't really seen that or appreciated that until that point. So that's, I kind of, I credit that for being the film that really opened my eyes to the world of cinema. I feel like most people that are really into movies tend to have one film that was like their their turning point. And for me, it's The Matrix. Do you really want to know mine? Sure, go for it. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. That's funny that you say that. That's the, the first episode we did with the new premise. And, it, and it's funny is literally like, if you were to combine my character, like in the last play I was in, uh-huh. It basically pictured him as William Shatner meets Ace Ventura. That was basically the character in my last play that I was in. Nice. That's more or less where I put myself. I'm like, you know what? I just need to act like a complete moron and basically just do it the way that, like, you know, if somebody would just do it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a huge movie for me as well, too, in the 90s. Uh, seeing Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, I was obsessed with Jim Carrey for the longest time. So I actually used myself as the guinea pig for this new concept for, for my podcast. And that was the first, that was the movie I chose because uh, I would do the, the voice and quote lines from it. And, and yeah, that's a good, that's a good pick. It's a good nostalgia pick. All right, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so that goes on to the next question here that we kind of have for you. What about your favorite movie of this year so far? It's going to it's going to sound like a very basic answer, 
because it, it's the most popular one, but I really, really loved Avengers Endgame. Kai and I, my wife Kai, uh, and I talked about it on the podcast for an episode that was over two hours long, which is kind of like a couple of days after we watched it. We just sat down with a bottle of wine and we were just like, oh, and this part, oh my God, it's so cool. Uh, because I really appreciate, I'm a big fan of franchises and uh, seri- kind of serialized story stories in a way. And the MCU has really pulled that off in a big way. And the, the fact that Avengers Endgame ended so many stories uh, in a satisfying way and it had a lot of a lot of heart to it plus I don't I mean it's, I don't know what we think there really is a spoiler time very much anymore but it does involve time travel which I am a huge sucker for anything involving time travel Back to the Future is another one of my favorite movies so uh, all of that really really worked for me and uh, I've actually seen it three times in theaters that's the most I've seen anything in I think since The Force Awakens because I'm a huge Star Wars fan as well well speaking of that going off what you just said there make sure you check out Kai's book Becoming version 2.0 on Amazon, like and everything. I'm sure you can find a link either on um, the Crooked Table podcast or on mine. Yeah, absolutely. So just throw that out there because his wife was one of my uh, guests here not that long ago. Her episode just went up, I think, like three or four weeks ago. I'm not even sure. Yeah, and she's currently working on the sequel to that. I believe she talked to you about that a little bit when she was on the show. Becoming version 3.0. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and she's been really she's been really dedicated to to sharing, you know, her own personal story and and things like that. She also has a YouTube channel as well where she posts uh, videos every week, kind of uh, inspiration, inspirational messages and things like that. They're under five minutes. So uh, people can definitely check that out by searching Kai Yanis, Y-A-N-I-Z on on YouTube. And she's got. Uh, she's been doing it. I'm really actually kind of impressed. She's been doing a video every week for I don't, over a year now. And uh, as someone who has been very sporadic with their podcast schedule in the past, uh, it's it's kind of been keeping me on track and keeping me accountable. I got to put an episode out this week. Kai's doing a video. So <laughs> do you know the show Impractical Jokers? Oh, of course. My my family loves that show. They watch it religiously. Okay, so there's an episode in there where someone has to go out in the middle of the stadium for their punishment, and they have this blonde girl come up and ask him to marry her. Yes, I've seen that. <laughs> you have seen that? or have I you? have seen that. I have seen that. Okay, well, I have Sarah Donnelly, which is the blonde chick from that episode. She's going to be on my podcast. We uh, just set that up. Wow. I'm actually going to ask her about that. But that's just one of those random things that you're going to come to expect from me, from my PR people. By the way, going off of that, I just want to say, make sure you please like and subscribe the Ditsy Comic Podcast on all platforms. Also, like and subscribe. The um, Crooked Table podcast on all platforms as well. Start listening and share. Get your friends to listen. Start spreading the word. Let's make these podcasts awesome. That's right. That's right. Now, before we start our first game, I have another quick question for you. Okay. Lay it on me. I was reading some of this about you stuff that's kind of just floating around on the internet. There's a lot of that. Don't believe what you read. Well, so most of it seems pretty uh, accurate. Let me just see here. So first question I want to ask, because it says you create a lot of diverse content and stuff like that. What does that mean? That means that when I'm not doing a Crooked Table podcast and uh, assorted entertainment stuff, I I, uh, I'm a freelance writer, so I do blogs, uh, content marketing, ebooks, and a lot of other stuff that has nothing to do with movies. <laughs> and that's uh, that's kind of the the baseline for I guess that's my air quotes day job. Uh, whereas Crooked Table podcast is like my my side passion, if you will. And you created like all kinds of, like viral videos. 
not videos, but I've done uh, scripts for, for videos, for like promotional videos for companies and uh, social media content and email marketing and things like that. So for, for a bunch of different clients and that helps that helps to pay the bills and also to, to keep a foothold in, uh, you know, the more professional writing side of things. I wouldn't know anything about being a professional in the writing world because... My writing is the worst ever. My grammar is horrible. I'll tell you that right now. You have a better luck reading a three-year-old's writing than mine. <laughs> well, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old here, so we should like set up a, a write-off and see see who uh, who can win. <laughs> mine would probably be funny. His would probably <laughs> sound funny. <laughs> no, she's she's a, she's a smart one, so it would it would be uh, it would be a fun matchup. I'm sure. I, I feel like this is like the game show. Are you smarter than a five year old? <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people would lose that. Five year olds are pretty sharp. I mean, I'm assuming I have. She's halfway there, so. Okay, fine. Are you smarter than a two and a half year old? Sometimes I doubt it. Honestly, <laughs> sometimes. Does she know how to talk? Yeah. Oh yeah. So much. She doesn't know how to not stop talking. That's the that's the trick. Well, that'd be a fun way, a fun thing to do on a podcast sometime is just have a random debate with a two and a half year old about something really stupid. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I joke with her all the time and I say, honey, one day you want to come on on daddy's podcast. We'll talk about Moana or something. And she's like, yeah, like she, she comes in the room here and she sees the microphone and the, head, the headphones just before this recording. She was wanting to put the headphones on. And I was like, no, honey, daddy needs to get on a call. <laughs> so she's all about it. She'd be totally down for that. We're going to make that an episode, a debate with kids. There you go. We'll have you, her, my son, and me on. There you go. So we'll have a two and a half year old, a six year old, um, me and you on there. And we'll see if we couldn't make that a really interesting episode. I bet it would be interesting. So real quick, before you go into this fun game here, do you want to go ahead and re-promote your podcast here, the Crooked Table Podcast? Sure. Uh, the Crooked Table podcast discusses the world of film from a fresh angle. Different guests every week, different films every week. You never know what we're going to talk about. I'm always open to having uh, listeners of this podcast or really any other podcast. If they're interested in, in uh, being on the show, you can go to crookedtable.com slash guest. Just a simple form with some information about yourself, what movie you want to talk about. And then uh, we can kind of take the conversation from there. But uh, it's available on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, tons of other places. So just Google Crooked Table Podcast. And most likely we're on your podcast app of choice. And now a word from our sponsors. We are currently looking for sponsors. We will have one coming in a sooner episode than you think. And we are back. Sorry, I had to throw that in there somewhere, you know, because why not? Oh, yeah. By the way, we are currently looking for sponsors and have sponsorship packages available. So we have any price ranging from $50 to $1,000. So come sponsor us. Let's make this better. So we are going to play your first random game of the day. You are going to more or less write a story from scratch, but you're only allowed to use the names of movies. Okay. So you're going to be writing a story about bats. Um, we're going to say during the 4th of July, and they're all going to be at a barbecue. Okay. So you're somehow going to write a story about bats on the 4th of July at a barbecue using movie titles. You, you can use other words, but you got to include at least 10 movie titles to write this little story and somehow give it an ending. Oh boy. Um, I warned you this would not be easy. Yeah, you did warn me. So, 10 movie titles. Well, I figured that movie titles would be something you might know. Right. So here, we'll, we'll start out with the biggest bat of all. How about Batman? That's Well, you said bats. That's the first thing I thought of, of course. So, <laughs> what if I just do Batman movie titles? 
Uh, fine. You know what? Fine. Batman and Star Wars movie titles. Batman and Star Wars were movie titles. Okay. So uh, Batman and his bat friends are hanging out at the barbecue. And uh, one bat, uh, Batman says to another bat, he says, "Oh, I can't wait later to watch uh, to watch you to watch the pay per view special. What is it? Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice." It's like, "Oh yeah, that that should be interesting. I've been training for that for a while." They say that I'm uh, I'm a new hope to defeat the man of uh, the Man of Steel. <laughs> so um, hopefully, hopefully that'll go well. And uh, meanwhile, the sun is searing overhead. And uh, yeah, see, I'm blanking here. <laughs> this is not easy. How many movie titles is that? Four. I lost track because I don't know any Batman movie titles, honestly. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll throw in some other ones there. You're allowed to use other ones here. But, you know, they're getting ready for this big movie, and then all of a sudden they meet Ace Ventura when nature calls. And he says, all righty then. Um, <laughs> Ace Ventura comes in when, when nature's calling, and he's like, uh, he, so he heads outside. He comes inside for a second because it's super hot out and he's like do not go out there and uh, <laughs> and um, he uh, he says Batman it's been forever I can't I can't wait to, to see you face off with uh, with Superman tonight and he's like I know man I've been training for it it's been a training day all up in here and uh, I I can't even I can't even uh, tell you uh, how 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 crazy it has uh, it has been trying to trying to live up to the hype of this and uh, trying to make make sure this isn't a dark night for me. And uh, and all of a sudden they got into a big boxing boxing match with Rocky underneath the fireworks on the 4th of July. And there you go. And they said, uh, well, all the, all the bats are fighting Rocky. That's interesting. I have to think of that. So Rocky is fighting off the bats. And uh, he's saying, and he is, of course, Rocky's doing the thing that Rocky always does when he's laying out punches. And he's saying his name and counting. So he's going, Rocky, one, Rocky, two, Rocky, three, <laughs> Rocky, four, Rocky, five. And then he goes, Rocky Balboa. And then Batman says, OK, uh, I'm going to have to take a pause from this and, uh, and go recruit a, a Justice League to, to face down Rocky. The end. <laughs> you are so like I have no idea what to do right now <laughs> sort of but I'm going to give you another hard challenge probably oh, one you've never been asked to do but this is more on the comedy side of things okay everybody loves impersonations oh, okay there you go so knowing that you probably haven't just spent your whole life working on impersonations of weird people you'd be surprised Okay, so who can you do then? Um, well, I did a little Ace Ventura there briefly. Um, let's see, what, which part do I do? How about the Arnold? Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Oh, I could do that one too, yeah. All right. Get down. Get to the chop. I'm going to ask you a few questions in Arnold. Okay, do it. And then you're going to answer as Arnold. Okay, got it. So, Arnold, I, I know you were just in that new Expendables movie, Expendables 4, which is going to be coming to theaters probably sometime in the next year um what was it like fighting rambo 
Yeah, it was so great, you know, working with Sly and all the guys. We are really pumping up and, and proving that even though we are 70 years old, we could still take down uh, 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 all the, the superheroes and, and the, the Star Wars. And, uh, uh, you know, I am big and strong and uh, we are just as relevant as the 80s is what I always say. That seemed almost a little hard for you. Uh, not so much, you know. I'm always working out. I'm always doing, uh, doing fitness awareness and making sure that everyone is out there hitting the gym and staying in shape. Uh, because, you know, we really have to work on uh, gerrymandering. It's a big problem. So I have to stay in shape to stay on top of, of uh, uh, making a better world for our children. Okay, well, I think it's time for you to get in your helicopter and send out somebody else. Yes, yes, I'm going to get to the job. Do it now. <laughs> Kill me. Come on. Okay, so who else can you do? That was actually pretty amusing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, trying to think of, well, there's a lot of other basic ones. Like, oh, SpongeBob. Can you do SpongeBob? The which one? SpongeBob. SpongeBob? Well, Patrick. A little bit. Say <laughs> <laughs> SpongeBob. I can do Patrick better. Patrick's easier for me to do. All right. Well, fine then. As Patrick Star, what is it like to date Sandy Cheeks? Oh, you know, it's it's really hard when we're when we're trying to hang out in Bikini Bottom. Um, she's one of the only creatures around here that has a helmet on. So you know, making out doesn't really work out so well. It's uh, just like making out with this with a window every time we try to kiss. So that's unfortunate. Patrick, you're in a window. I am? Literally nothing but an aquarium. What? That's not true. I saw the pineapple at the, down the street where SpongeBob lives, and um, uh, we're, I thought we were in the ocean. Don't you see all this? Look at all the this greenery around. Have you ever been to the end of Bikini Bottom? Well, they say that it doesn't really end, that you just, you just run into... Uh, run into the wall of your own limitations and pass out. And that's what happened to me last week when I tried to, I tried to go across the room to find a present for Sandy's birthday and just woke up three hours later back at home. It was really weird. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Well, SpongeBob's calling. Oh, Patrick. Ah. I'm sorry. Like I said, you never know where I will go. That's okay. You never know what I will ask someone to do, but you were pretty good at this. Oh, thanks. So now in your next best voice that you can do i don't even know who it is uh-huh. go ahead and talk about your podcast um is <laughs> an evil podcast and the, what podcast? An, e- an evil podcast on the crooked table podcast right <laughs> we we spend one million hours talking about the world of film from a fresh angle yeah yeah baby yeah <laughs> And uh, yeah, so every episode we're bringing on people to talk about film and, and you know, try and catch Austin Powers. <laughs> you just make me cry, Robert. Yeah, good. I, I'm assuming that's a good thing, so I'm going to roll with that. <laughs> you just made me cry. <laughs> Before we go back and actually have a little bit of a conversation again about your Crooked Table podcast. We have the other hard segment in this podcast that I like to call Life Lessons You'll Never Learn. Okay. Good example is you should never play Frogger in the middle of a desert with six semis. No, I wouldn't recommend that. 
Again, it's a life lesson you will never learn. So with your thoughts, what is a life lesson you will never learn? Uh, let's see. You, hmm. Well, I'm a writer, right? So I stay awake a lot. So I was gonna, I was gonna say you shouldn't stay up all night if you want to see another day. Think about it. But that seems like a life lesson you would learn. Well, it's also a conundrum too because if you stay up, you're gonna see another day. So it, if you, on the surface level, it doesn't make sense. But if you think about it, it has a deeper meaning. <clears throat> too much thinking for me. Sorry, I like to challenge people when I'm on a podcast. This, this is uh, this is kind of my thing. I'm somewhat challenged though already. There you go. Um, it's very limited. <laughs> Big words confuse me. So let's see. So let, let's let's pull something away from the writing world. <clears throat> let's try something that only a really stupid person would do. You're lucky I'm on the show today then. <laughs> so let's see. A life lesson you will never learn. My, ex my good one today is... Hmm. You should never do the hokey pokey with a donkey. Fair. Fair point. You never know when he's going to actually put his right foot out. <laughs> I kind of want to have the opportunity to do that just so I can find out if that is in fact a bad idea or not. Is that weird? Foot in, you put your right foot out. <laughs> All right. So let's go back here to the Crooked Table podcast. You've, you've said you've been doing this for what? Well, the, a year off and on? The, the, the show started in its original form in 2014, but I've been doing this current concept since December of 2018. So, so yeah, every week since then, it's been consistent for the first time ever. How many episodes are you up to? Jeez, uh, all together from the beginning, uh, I think I just posted 125. Wow, congrats, that's a big number. Yeah. You know the worst part is? What's that? The last number I saw of movie that you reviewed, that was literally about, literally a tenth of what one that I saw on, I think it was the cheat sheet. Oh, wow, okay. I think it said like a thousand and 28 or something like that. I don't remember. <clears throat> so overall, throughout your years as a movie critic, how many movies would you say you've actually reviewed? Um, it's gotta be, it's gotta be in the hundreds at some point between everything that I've, everywhere that I've written. Uh, so yeah, I'd say, I don't know, a couple hundred, few hundred maybe, depending on, uh, on whether I've reviewed them either in written form, for what outlet, on the podcast, things like that. Uh, but you know, I'm always open to seeing see, seeing more and more films, and I think that my the way I approach it is that even if a movie isn't, even if I don't really like love a movie, I always walk away with it. I always I very rarely walk away from a film thinking, well, that was a complete waste of time. Even if it's not a good movie, I'm like, well, this was interesting, or I'm glad I saw it because now I'm part of the conversation and things like that. So that's I I don't consider any of that wasted time, even the bad movies that I saw. So you're going to say that you've literally just never rated a movie almost a complete like f minus oh i didn't say that <laughs> i said that i i've seen i i don't think even the bad I, I think it's worthwhile to watch bad movies because i think it keeps perspective when i see something really great as to what the other end of the spectrum looks like as to uh maybe there's you know maybe there's a, an interesting conversation that arises in on film twitter or elsewhere about that movie and why it didn't why it didn't work or uh maybe there's an element or a a, uh, a scene or a moment or a performance in it that is kind of the the only saving grace. So I, I don't, yeah, so I don't really, even in the movies that are terrible, I separate that from the fact that I'm still glad I spent that time watching it, if that makes sense. What was that, Emma? I said, what would be the worst terrible movie that you've seen then, in your opinion? Well, I, once I strap in to watch a movie,
movie, and I'm like this with television shows as well, which is why I don't watch very much TV, but I have a tend, I tend to want to stick with it till the very end. So it's very rare for me to start a movie and then be like, yeah, no, not, not going to do this. Um, so one really instant, one instance that I did that was this ensemble comedy from a few years ago called Movie 43 that I watched, I think, on Netflix. And I think I saw maybe five, seven minutes and the opening, it's all different segments. The opening segment was uh, Kate Winslet was on a date with uh, Hugh Jackman and he's got the scarf on and he takes off the scarf and he's got genitalia on his neck. And I, and that was the joke for that first segment. So I was just like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't need to see this. I, I remember that. I started watching it. I, my thought was too, yeah, I'm already bored. Yeah, exactly. Maybe if... I remember that. I started, did that like, I think it was not even, I'm going to say less than a month ago I did that. Yeah, see? Okay. But yeah, I, I remember that. And it's like, I think I watched a little bit of it, got like fourth of the way through and I'm like, yeah, I can't. Yeah, not worth it. It's like, it's hard to review a movie when it's just so bad that you know it's just going to leave you confused. And the worst thing is that there's all these talented people in it. I already said Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet, like Emma Stone is in it, and I think Halle Berry is in it too. There's a bunch of really talented people. I'm just like, how, what what contract were they stuck in that they ended up in this movie? I don't, I don't, I don't understand how that happened. I think it was a, a charity movie, actually. Well, then I guess I, you know, I don't know if that, I still don't know if it was worth the effort, but at least if somebody benefited from it, it definitely wasn't the audience. <laughs> You can find that on Netflix, folks. I'm just saying. There you go. See if you can make it through. I didn't. Maybe you can make it through this episode. <laughs> well, since I'm pretty much at my 45-minute mark, and it's probably going to end up going down to about 30 after all the pauses and everything like that, would you care to go ahead and uh, self-promote yourself any way you want? Yeah. So if you uh, found any of this interesting, uh, my thoughts on film, uh, even my my vocal impersonations, I'm actually, you know, since this is a comedy podcast, I want to... Might as well delve into this. I'm actually trying to because I do a lot of voices just at home with my kid and with my wife and just being silly and, and imitating different movie characters and things like that. I'm actually trying to find ways to wrap that into some something that I do for Crooked Table. So I, I'm trying to explore ways to because basically this is this is my passion project doing the Crooked Table podcast and I want to do more video content going forward and things like that. So I'm trying to put everything basically use it as a venue for myself to, to have fun and put myself out there and connect with people and things like that. So uh, as well as being a conduit to other cinephiles and giving them a venue to talk about movies that they love. So uh, so if you've found anything that I said interesting, the Dr. Evil voice, my my, my thoughts on movies, anything, please check out the Crooked Table podcast. Uh, you can go to crookedtable.com and listen to them that way. Or as I said, pretty much every podcast app. So I really appreciate that. That is a good plan. And remember, folks, the more people that listen, the funnier it gets. That's right. And, and I have kind of a really stupid idea for you, sir. I'm always open to stupid ideas. Go for it. Along with me posting this on mine, if you wanted, you could post this on yours. Uh, that would be great. I would love to do that. You, you could have a weird bonus episode or something, like where it's literally just my podcast and then like you have it on yours and then I could even have yours on mine. Yeah. Yeah, we can look into that. I mean, I don't think that's something that's ever been done. Someone will start listening and all of a sudden they'll hear, this is the Ditsy Comic Podcast. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, as long as, yeah, as long as we brand it as kind of a bonus content thing and then cross-promote each other's shows, I would be open to that. I'm completely open with it because I've kind of cross-promoted you now. What, this will be my second time? Plus, I technically did it on your episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's true. Plus, I think people would really like this episode because you're going to make somebody laugh. You made me laugh. You can make me laugh. There's 10 million people behind me that are going to be laughing harder. Oh, great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Just being, so you got to have fun. Only because you threw in the Dr. Evil voice. Once <laughs> you did that, I'm like, oh, it's over. <laughs> Thank you so much after. There you go. Good. That was the idea. But I'm gonna go ahead and um, take us out of this. And then you, if you have any questions after we're done, then you know I'll, you can go ahead and ask them. Okay. You just got done listening to the Ditsy Comic Podcast. You were listening with me, the PR assistant manager Emma, also Robert Yannis from the Clunky Table Podcast. We totally went off the rails today, but we had fun. So thank you, Robert. Absolutely. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate you having me on. I'm I'm glad that you uh, decided to come on. It was definitely my honor. You made me me laugh that is a privilege i'm just kidding i'm an easy laugh <laughs> either way it's it happened so i i'll take it i'll take i'll take the win and with that being said i do hope you have a very very wonderful evening and um well everybody just go out there and listen to both of these podcasts this one and the crooked table podcast yeah absolutely it's been a lot of fun and, and people should keep an eye out for your episode on, of crooked table uh which may or may not be posted i think we'll have to figure out uh timing on that but um yeah it's been it's been a pleasure talking movies and and getting ditzy with you, Justin. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> At least you make somebody laugh. That's all that matters. Exactly. Please stay tuned for next week's bonus episode where it is I, Justin Beck, on the Crooked Table Podcast.